Hey everyone, welcome to mini episode number five. This is part two. Um, I found a lot of Halloween stories and I wanted to kind of continue from mini episode five, part one. So hopefully you enjoy. This is called What Have I Unleashed? My experience all started on Halloween 2000. I was at my best friend's house, Sue, and another girl named Sarah was also there. We were trying to do something fun. Well, earlier that day I had went to the store in the mall and bought the Ouija board that glows in the dark. I brought out the board and we all figured it would be even scarier if we went to a local graveyard to play with the board. We arrived at the graveyard around 11.50 p.m. and found the perfect spot to sit under a huge oak tree where the full moon shone through the tree um, down to the board and everything was kind of spooky looking. We started the session with me saying, I asked, is there any spirits here who want to speak with us? Yes. Sue asked, how many spirits are there with us? Three. Sarah asked, what was Elizabeth's real mother's name? Angel. She was asking about my real mother's name. I'm adopted. I asked, is there anyone here who died of a horrible death? Yes. As soon as that answer came, we heard a loud scream from the back left side of the graveyard. The graveyard's like the size of a football field. We were in the middle of the graveyard. We all ran and jumped into my car and left. Later that night, when we were all sleeping, I was awakened by the same scream we heard in the graveyard. I sat up since I was laying on the floor and looked up on the bed at my friends to see if they were playing a prank on me, which they both were passed out sleeping. The next morning we were making brunch when I asked my girlfriends if they heard that scream last night when we were sleeping. They both looked at each other and then back to me and said, no, Elizabeth, we didn't hear nothing last night. The rest of the day was all right until I returned to my home and was sleeping and I was awakened again to the same scream. That had happened for about a good two months of being awakened, hearing the scream, until one night I was asleep when I was again awakened, awakened to the scream. This time, instead of it just going away, I started to smell this god-awful smell, like rotten eggs, in my room. I looked around for the suspect of the smell, but I couldn't find anything. I laid back down and had drifted back to sleep when I was touched on my left foot. I sat up in bed, and there sitting on the foot of my bed was this lady. She was dressed in all black, with a black veil covering her eyes. I asked her what she wanted. She opened her mouth. And all that came out was that god-awful scream again, and she vanished into thin air. I have heard the screams and the smells since then, but the lady, I have never seen her again. October Weirdness October has been a rough month for me since 2002. It was the month my son was born. For 20 years, we celebrated Halloween together. Then in January of that year, he passed away. I only tell you this because I think it has some bearing on things that are going on. I believe a personal's emotional state, a person's emotional state affects paranormal activity. And despite my attempts to be the happy outgoing person I usually am, I am border on depression during October. As long as I'm around others, I can squash it down. But when I'm alone, well, then the memories bushwhack me and I just get to missing him so much. Like I said, it gets rough for me. But this past October 2013, it got really downright weird. It started with little things, which I attributed to the same spirit as in my coffee time accounts. 
guess she talks about coffee, coffee time. Um, I was repairing some curtains for a friend and my thread went missing, only to reappear right on the end table where I left it. Then I could not find a large tube of basting glue that I knew was in my sewing basket, even though I took everything out and put it back in. This tube is about six to seven inches long, two inches wide at the base, a bit hard to overlook. I settled for pinning the material instead, went to reach for the needle and thread, and it was gone again. I thought maybe I had absentmindedly placed it back in the basket. Opening the lid, there was no thread, but the tube of basting glue was right in the top of it. I took it out, shut the lid, and sighed about getting old. I turned to place the tube on the end table next to my chair, and there was the thread again. Then there was the ceiling light. Earlier, I would find it on at the oddest times, but I debunked it. It seems that when in the off position, when my cat walks across the top of the sofa and happened to stretch right below the switch, he is just tall enough to knock it down into the, or knock it into the on position. Only now it was doing the direct opposite, turning itself off at the switch. This sort of thing happened nearly daily. Things missing just to show up again. The light flickering itself to off, my chair turning itself to be at an angle, nothing harmful or too crazy. Except for on the 26th, around 2 in the afternoon, I was sitting in my chair watching some TV and decided I want to have some, wanted to have some soda. I retrieved a bottle from the fridge, came back, and sat it on the end table, only to have it promptly fall over. I snatched it up and noticed the end table was slanted. The legs on one side were carefully balanced on the ledge of the glider's runners, the chair that keeps being moved to an angle. These runners are about two inches high with only about an eighth of an inch thick edge. I tried to replicate this and couldn't do it. But what really has me puzzling is nothing slid or fell off the table. Not the lamp or my paper or pen. Not even my glasses. Only that darn soda bottle. The end table itself is fairly heavy, being made of two by fours, so I can't blame the cat, and my roommate was out. I looked around the room, but except for a slight tingling sensation. I didn't pick up on anything. Out loud I said, if you want my attention, you've got it. Are you here? Nothing, just the ticking of the clock and the murmur of the TV from the apartment downstairs. On the 27th, a small pile of things that I had been missing are found on the end table. Things that have been gone long enough, I figured they were lost for good. My roommate, den roommate denies any knowledge. Maybe someone's making amends for the spilt soda. Anyway, after that, things seem to have gone quiet again. This is called Sam's Home. Our five-year-old got to choose where we spent Halloween night as his 16-year-old sister was going with friends to an organized haunted house. After giving him the choice of a few neighboring cities, he chose Middlebury. We parked the truck onto the main street and headed out to gain some treats for our futuristic police officer. He got to pick which way to go, what streets to hit, and all. The town was small enough that, we, that all we really had to do was turn around if we got lost, or simply look for traffic. If there was a vehicle moving, that was main street. Children were running up to houses, and he was just calmly making his way up the street and down the next, around the corner, and he stopped. He kind of cocked his head to the side, as if trying to hear things a bit more clearly, 
or remember something that is just beyond his reach. We actually had to stop him to have him go up on the porches for treats. When we got on this one particular street, he broke into a shining smile and said, yep, this is the street. Daddy and I just looked at him and daddy said, but you missed all of the other houses. You only have a few pieces of candy. I know, but on the porch was Jack. I'm sorry, but this is where I need to be today, daddy. Well, honestly, who could argue with that? Up on the porch was Jack Sparrow. I think that was the name of the pirate on Pirates of the Caribbean and Sarah Palin. Our police officer got in line and was heading up the porch when my husband silently grabbed my arm and pointed to a plaque attached to the porch, which stated the home was registered on www.hauntedhouses.com. All we had on hand was daddy's cell phone, but we shot off a photo anyway. Our son was up there talking to Jack. All the rest of the children had wandered away and off to collect more goodies, and there he stood talking to the pirate. He turned to talk with Sarah Palin, just as I grabbed my husband's arm and whispered, lack of upbringing here, I pointed at the doorway. Look at that. And Daddy started toward our son. No, wait, watch. Our son looked past Sarah and into the house. Sarah and Jack, Jack stood up and walked over to Sarah and whispered something to her. Both of them were looking between our son and us, still standing out at the street on the sidewalk. Our son smiled really big and said, oh, he is Amish. Sarah said, who? The man in your house. I thought he was dressed up like you, but that is who he was. Total silence. Can I talk to him? Uh, well, we see, uh, stammered stammered both of them. I stepped up slightly and said in my most calming voice, it is all right. He will not hurt him. He will not try to scare him. He just wants to know why he is here. He can do that? Daddy says, yep. About a half an hour later, our son says, thank you. It has been a pleasure to meet you. Maybe I'll see you again. Sarah and Jack were speechless, but brought themselves together enough to tell him that would be a pleasure. Our son paused on the step, turned back around to Sarah and Jack, and said, Oh, I'm sorry. I liked meeting you, too. Can I come back? To which he obtained a standing invitation to return, which we did the following weekend. When we returned, we did a tour of the house and the garage area. I had asked permission to walk through with my son and to share in the experience, and permission was granted to the entire family. After talking a bit in the house, I started to notice my son's actions. He was basically allowed to do as he pleased. He had made quite an impression on the husband and wife who lived there. While the adults were talking, our five-year-old began to wander. Where are you going, Mr. Sam? Can I come too? Oh. Could you stay with us a few minutes, please, sir? He walked around the living room, seemed to watch something either stack or stroke a fire. He wandered out into the kitchen, wandered back through the living room, and then back out in the garage. He was definitely following someone. In the lull of the conversation, our son came barreling into the house through a side door that we were not even aware of. They had neglected to show us that. It was a hidden passage from the workshop to the house in the event that Sam would work late at night on a special design. I thought he had come through the wall. Hurry, we have to go now. 
so we jumped up and went out into the garage. Sam had let our son know that he needed to go to town to see the banker in his quest to retrace his steps as before. Our son had tried to stop him, but he was determined to find his family. That's when our son ran in to get us. Our son started down the drive and was following. We stopped at a dime store. I asked why he was there. It was raining and none of us stopped to grab our jackets. We did not think we were going to walk for a few blocks. He just pointed straight up, above the door, and on the second floor was chiseled Middlebury Trust and Loan. We all stood outside and waited for a total of 20 minutes. We then followed our son as he headed a bit further down the street to the hardware store, where we waited outside for about 10 minutes. Then our son simply spun on his heel and started walking back to the house. He kind of skipped along like he was having a heyday, enjoying himself when all of a sudden he stopped as if he ran into a wall and grabbed his head and started howling. There, he dropped to a roll on the ground, just making this awful noise. I will be honest, I froze. I had no idea what to do to help him. I started for him, but my husband grabbed my arm and shook his head no. Our teenager tried to squeeze past us, all to get down to her brother, and daddy stepped in front of her to block her. And daddy just pointed down to our son. We all watched in amazement as a kind of mist rose up. Logically, that could have been all in fact that our son was warm and rolling around on a cold wet sidewalk from around him and dissipated. After a minute or so of stunned silence, he just got up and slowly, slowly and said, let's go back to the house. I have to see something. When we got back to the house, he said Sam was home. After sitting in the garage with Sarah and Jack for a while, our five-year-old asked how important it was that their house was haunted. Sarah said it was pretty important. The town loves that there is such a documented place there. They enjoy people coming from all around to check out a haunted town, even if the majority of the people never make it to the house. The town prospers in the warmer months, when the tourists come to see the Amish crafts and such that the town offers. And an added pull is that there's a haunted house there. Our son asked about the man that walks further out of town, but still on County Road 18. They said he helps, but he is mostly only seen by the town folk. Our son sat down on a garbage can and said something to the effect of, Here's the thing. Sam needs his wife and babies. They ain't here. They in a much better place, and he should be too, Jack said. Yes, but he is stuck here. We have had investigators here that are not much older than you, and they left him alone. Why can't you? Because that is not what Sam wants. We like him here. He helps the town. He can help no one if he's stuck. We like him. This is from Sarah. Our son was quiet, and then he whispered, but his family loves him. You could have heard a pin drop. In the end, we cleansed, smudged, and blessed the house. We did the same with the garage. As we were getting ready to leave, there was a sadness to both Sarah and Jack, but they still let our son check out the gutted car in the garage. Jack is building a race car, and our boy was excited to see how it was going. As he was playing on the sunroof, he grabbed a flashlight and was looking into the dark areas of the car. Jack had fluorescent lighting up along the walls of the room, save, save for the wall leading into the hidden door. Our son heard a noise, no one else did, and looked up and said, Bye, Mr. Sam, hug all your babies for us. And I snapped off a photo. 
I have no idea if I grabbed something, but there's an interesting light formation that does not quite follow a, the line a flashlight would make. Even if it's nothing, it is a peaceful photo all the same. History. Sam is not the name of the man my son encountered on his visits to this home. I changed his name and stayed away from a few of the distinguishing factors of the town to keep the privacy of those who may be affected by this story. Sam was out walking a bit late at night. It was not yet dark, and he was hurrying home from the store. After meeting with the banker. With candy for his babies and a present for his wife. He had bought her a new bolt of cloth to make herself a new dress. He was very happy because his wife was going to be very pleased. They did well that year, and the new dress would be how he would let her know how well. He had twins, a boy and a girl, and both of them would be waiting at the big front window when he returned home. He thought that his wife was pregnant. He whistled as he walked, and his step was light. He was lost in his own thoughts of happiness. Out of nowhere came a blinding light. He knew nothing else. When he made it home, his babies were not in the window. His wife was nowhere around. His beautiful, personally hand-carved furniture was replaced by the mass-produced junk made out of cardboard and chipped wood that was in the house now. The curtains were not made by his wife's hand, and there was nothing that was familiar. And these English were destroying his family home. Our son took that to mean he did not like Englishmen, or those that were not Amish. So now, Sam waits. He waits to wake up from this dream. He waits for his wife to return with his babies. He often retraces his steps to see where he went wrong, but cannot seem to see when exactly that happened. He has tried leaving the cloth and candy sticks at home and coming back to it, but they are missing when he gets there as well. So he carries them all, the sticks in his right pocket, the bolt of cloth under his left arm, each time he takes that walk. This man could not have been hit by a car. The street is a bit of a valley, with the sidewalks and houses being on raised platforms. Four or five steps would take you up to the sidewalk. Whatever hit him, hit him quick. He was all but a few blocks from his earthly home. And the last one for tonight is the hide-and-seek ghost. My brother and I were going to spend the night at our best friend's house. It was a week before Halloween. Every time we spent the night at our friend David's house, we always stayed up late. It was about midnight when we went outside to play hide-and-seek. My brother and I ran to the back of the house and found a shed that David didn't know about. David was the seeker like always. As we were waiting for David, we saw a shadow at the other end of the house. It shouted something at us and started running to us. I went to the opposite side of the shed, waiting for what I thought was David. It finally made it to the opposite side of the shed. I'm sorry, to my brother's side of the shed, so I ran into the darkness. I realized that my brother wasn't following me. I went back to the shed to find my brother standing, by the shed, staring into the darkness. I asked him if anything came back by him. He said no. He also said that he saw a shadow circle around two times and disappear. It was odd because we both saw the, the same thing, but it did different things to both of us. As soon as we realized something was wrong, we ran back to the house. As we came to the front door, our friend David jumped out and scared us even more. We told him that we saw something back there, and he, saw, he said he saw something too, 
We never saw anything else that night or to this day forward. Thanks so much for listening. I hope I didn't scare you too much. And if you have any personal ghost stories, please send them to areyouafraidofghosts at gmail.com. Good night.